Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, today, uh, today's a hard day for for me. This is um, this will be the eleventh year without my dad. Uh, Eleven years since he he killed himself. Uh, so today I'm going to talk about that. Um, I'm just going to talk, just talk about that day, January 15th, 2011. Um, so, uh, if you've listened to my last two episodes, you know that I, my mom and my mom and I flew out to Florida to, to stay with my sister and my brother-in-law and for my birthday uh my sister and brother-in-law bought us concert tickets um to go see cake um and so that was pretty cool um it was actually i think this was the first concert i had ever been to uh no i take that back i'd gone to one more like real, real concert that you pay for. I've gone to a couple, you know, my, my cousins had a band and I went to one of their concerts, which was really fun and, and cool. But this is like the second big time concert. Um, and so as we're there, you know, at the concert, I kept getting just my phone was blowing up with texts and voicemails and, um, at the time, I had one of those old flip phone Motorola razors. Uh, I'm sure everybody listening knows exact the exact phone I'm talking about, but my screen was all jacked up, so I couldn't really see texts or voicemails. Like I had to do something weird to make it work, and it didn't always work. And so I kept flipping it open and, and trying to read the text, but I couldn't see. Kept trying to get to my voicemails, but I couldn't get there. Um, and then finally, or uh, during this time, my mom had gone gone somewhere. I thought she went to the bathroom, but um, a little while passed by, and my mom hadn't returned, and I started getting nervous. I was like, man, where the hell is my mom? So I picked up my phone to try to text her and or call her, and this time when I flipped it open, it my screen worked, and so I, I was able to see all these texts, and all of them were just saying, I'm so sorry for your loss, Clyde. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Had voicemails from people that I don't think I'd ever received a phone call from. And again, you know, they're just telling me how sorry they were and, and that I'm in their thoughts and prayers. And by the, you know, by now I'm like, what the hell is going on? And so I went, I left, I, I went to go find my mom. I left the venue and we actually, if we left the venue, we were not allowed to go back in. But I was like, screw, I got to go find her. I, where is she? So I, I leave the venue and I remember walking out and it was on a, on the corner of a, of two streets, right? And I walk out, there's people out there and I see my mom. She's facing towards the street or backs towards me. I call out for her and she turns around and her, she's bawling. Like I could tell something wasn't right. And in fact, I, I knew someone had died, obviously from the text and the voicemails, but I, I run up to her and I'm like, 
is it Richie? Is it my, you know, I was asking if it was my brother. I thought my brother had died somehow. Um, and all she could do was shake her head. No, she couldn't really talk. And for some reason, I just knew it was my dad. I knew it. And, uh, and so I hit the ground, you know, it, it felt like the world stopped. It felt like the whole, the universe, everything just stopped turning. But at the same time, gravity was so heavy. It just pulled me to the ground. I was, I just burst into tears. Um, and so then I, I tried to collect myself the best I could. And I, I knew I had to go get my sister and my brother-in-law. And so I talked to the guard. I'm like, listen, I got to go get them. And he, he let me in. And I make my way through the crowd and, you know, obviously people were like, what the hell's going on with this guy? He's bawling his eyes out. And I find my sister and she sees me and, and my brother-in-law and they're like, oh crap, what's going on? So I, I take him out, somehow get the news to them. And yeah, it was the hardest, one of the hardest moments I've ever dealt with in my life. Um, it was, it was terrible feeling. Um, and so we, we make our way back. Uh, we, we drive back to my sister's house. I go into the room that I was staying in and I, I found a notebook and a, and a pen and I sit down and I open it up and I, I write the word life on it. Um, and a little backstory to this, a, a couple weeks before this, I, for some reason, I, was obsessed with trying to create my own acronym. I just wanted to create an acronym. I thought it was cool. And so fast forward to this moment, I write the word life. And then underneath that, I wrote leading and fighting evil. And that was the, the start of what, of the journey that I am on today. Um, it's been 11 years. Uh, I've kind of lost the passion for it a couple times, but I've recently gained this passion back to, to create this business <clears throat> idea that I have. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And, and basically what it is is, um, just having a community of, of leaders who have, who have and who are currently, um, battling evils evils of life right and and by evils i i i mean drug addiction porn addiction um uh, abuse uh whatever it is anything that may, you know maybe even another term for evils is limiting beliefs right like these things that are holding us back that are, are making life hard um so yeah anyway after I did that, I went out and I, I sat with my sister and my brother-in-law. You know, obviously none of us could sleep. Um, and I just, I just started talking to them and I was like, it, it was so weird. Like in, at this moment, I was pretty at peace with, I mean, this is hours after the news, right? And I was, I felt at peace with my dad's suicide. And the reason is, is, is this, I, I told them, I was like, you know, I honestly believe that dad was just trying to kill his addiction. 
he was trying to kill the person that was addicted to alcohol. I don't think he meant to kill himself. Unfortunately, pulling the trigger and and putting a bullet in the person that was battling with addiction also killed the person who didn't want to be addicted to alcohol, didn't want to be an alcoholic. Um, and, and then just from that thought alone, I, I've had this, I don't know what to call it, like a theory or these thoughts, um, surrounding guilt and shame. You know, I, I always say guilt and shame kill people. And the reason I feel that way is because who my dad was for 18 years of my life was somebody who had an incredible amount of faith and belief in the religion that, that I was raised with. Um, he was inc- incredibly influential in that, you know, people, if, if he talked about it, people wanted to listen. He just had that effect on people. And he truly, he was, he was my hero. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And I don't just say that because it's a good, sad, sob story. No, he was my hero. He, he was everything that I wanted to become when I got older. Um, and then, you know, there was, so yeah. And then, uh, a a few months before his suicide, um, he and I had a couple conversations, you know, it was typically right after he got off work. So he hadn't been drinking and we had some pretty good, deep conversations. And looking back, I, I could, I can, I can see some signs. I can see some signs that he was full of guilt and full of shame. Um, but of course he, he wasn't saying it like that. And at that time in my life, I, I didn't know how to listen completely. Um, and then, uh, so what I'm trying to say is, is the person he was, was not the person who he had become at this point in time. Or let me say this, let me say it. The person who he became was not the person who he wanted to be. And so with that, when that happens, at least for me, I feel guilt and shame and it eats me alive. And it actually play, it actually comes back to um, what, what I called the infinite cycle uh and and the infinite cycle is anytime our perception does not align with reality we fall into this infinite cycle right and so i believe you know looking back my dad was in an infinite cycle um he so with our religion he we we believed in eternal families and there was some things that what that could happen that would that essentially meant you, you could no longer have an eternal family 
And um, the way I remember it is we had uh, this thing hanging on the wall. It was framed. It was, I, I want to say it was like the proclamation of the church or something. And as I remember it, one day that came off the wall. It was no longer hanging up. And, and around that same time, my dad had stopped going to church, which was way crazy. Like that was mind blowing. Um, and, and I had still tried to go to church myself. And then one day, uh, I had, I gave a talk and my dad wasn't there. And so I was really, I was super sad. And so after that, I went home and that was a bad choice because I went home and as I got out of my truck, I could smell cigarettes. And so I walked around the back and found my dad smoking freaking blew my mind i had no idea and and then you know he and my mom got divorced and then not long after that he was married again and that's great whatever but to me it was it was crazy it was bizarre and so the reason i share all this is because the the person who was going to church and the person who hung that proclamation of the church on the wall, that's who I believe that was my dad's reality. And once his, or yeah, that was my dad's perception. And once that didn't align with reality anymore, he fell into this infinite cycle. And in this infinite cycle, we go through this, this, back and forth on of emotions, right? We go through this back and forth, back and forth. And then eventually we, we want that to stop. And so we either change our perception to align it with reality or we go to distractions. And I believe my dad drinking and smoking again was a distraction. I also believe, and I don't mean this in a, in a negative way, but I do believe that his new relationship was a form of distraction. Um, and eventually that ate him, that, that just ate him alive. The, the guilt and the shame, because when we know who we want to be and our actions are not, are not displaying that person, it's just natural for us to feel guilty and shameful. Uh, so anyways, that's my thoughts, my theory. And, and since a few hours after I got the news of his suicide, I, I've been at peace. However, of course, there's, there, I've had my struggles. Um, and so, but for sure... His suicide reinforced my limiting beliefs. The the limiting belief that came from my birthday, right? Not feeling important enough for the people in my life. Um, and then what started to happen was this became... It, it also made me hate my birthday even more. Right, because I knew that after my birthday was the day that my dad killed himself, and every year I'm gonna have that. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna feel that 
I'm going to remember that moment. I'm going to remember the cake concert, finding my mom, getting my sister, all of this. And so what happened was I now have a significant problem. And I I fed off that every time my birthday came around. I, I made sure to tell people that I hated my birthday. I made sure. Like, don't tell me happy birthday on my birthday. I fucking hate my birthday. And because it, I, it made me feel significant, right? People felt bad. And then they would want to try to tell me, like, how much they appreciate my birthday. They appreciate that I was born because I'm in their life. But for a long time, I did not want to hear that shit. Um, I did not. It It just made it worse. I, I just... I hated it. Um, and then it, I fell into my own infinite cycle from all of this, right? My perception was that my dad was alive and teaching me things, sharing wisdom, having conversations with me. But reality was he was not. He was dead. He killed himself. That was reality. And so because of that that misalignment with my perception and reality, I fell into this into my own infinite cycle and, and went through my own uh back and forth, tried my own distractions and then would always find myself realizing that my perception did not align with reality and so I'd go back into my infinite or back into my back and forth of emotions and yada 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 so uh eventually i was able to align my perception with reality and today on this january 15th 2022 i am able to appreciate january 15th of 2011 because if not for that day, life leading and fighting evil would not be anything to me. If not for that day, I would never have learned about limiting beliefs. Because of that day, I would not have learned about the infinite cycle. Because of that day, I would not have learned about my limiting belief that I am not important enough for the people in my life. Because of that day, I would have held on to that limiting belief and never would have appreciated my birthday. So I am grateful for my dad's suicide. Of course, I wish like hell he was still alive. I wish like hell he could be listening to this podcast. But because of that day, I am recording a podcast. I wouldn't I wouldn't be right here. I wouldn't be doing this today if not for 
my dad's suicide. January 15th, 2011 taught me a lesson that I never could have learned had my dad not done what he did. And as painful as that was for a period of time, and, and even still, sometimes it, it gets to me. It is the, it has taught me far more than my dad could have taught me these past 11 years if he was still alive. I fully believe that. And I'm grateful for that moment, for that pain that I've I experienced. I'm grateful for the strength that it has provided me today. I'm grateful for the the wisdom that it's provided me. I'm grateful for all of that because I get to pass it on. I get to I get to share it with other people who might be feeling similar feelings and emotions that I felt once in my life. And so I just want to say, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you're going through, take it all in, feel it, feel the pain, feel the hurt, let it create the limiting beliefs that it needs to create because those limiting beliefs are created to serve a purpose for us. It's just some, at some point that purpose starts to hurt us, but we need to, we need to have those limiting beliefs in order for us to realize how much more potential and power we will gain once we break through that belief. You can get through it, whatever it is you're going through. You can get through it, and not only that, but you're not alone in this. You are not alone. There is somebody out there that wants to help you, that wants to hear you, that wants to love you. Don't ever think for one minute that that is not true. Um, that's all I'm, I got for today. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, and if you could do me a favor and find a way to donate to suicide prevention, um, we, we just need to spread the wisdom, spread the knowledge, spread whatever it is that we're, we're not alone in this. We don't have to face life alone. At the end, at the end of all of my show notes, I put life. Who says you have to do it alone? Nobody, nobody says that. So reach out, donate, do whatever you can. I love you guys.
I'll talk to you later.